Hello and welcome to Android App Addicts, episode number 581, brought to you on the 10th of February 2022. This show today is brought to you with, by John Hollinger, our Patreon sponsor, who's been with us since October 17th. Thank you, John. Also with me today is the door-to-door geek, Stephen McLaughlin. How are you? How's it going, door? I'm going pretty good. How about yourself, sir? Uh, not too bad. It's been a bit hot here lately. We're expecting a torrential downpour later on, but apart from that, things are going pretty well. Kids are back at school, so I've got plenty of time to myself. I even tried making apple pie today. How'd that turn out? Um, well, I've got a lot of apple sauce. <laughs> I haven't quite got to the pastry mm. point yet. <laughs> yeah, the wife, I remember, bought a device, a core core peeler mm. all-in-one device that she swears by uh she made apple pies a lot when we first got married you know diabetes and everything mm, haven't had pie in a while no neither have I. I i prefer to make them i don't like to buy them i like to make them we have a couple of apple trees out front so uh when we had a big storm come through all the apples fell on the ground rather than let them go to waste i was gonna make an apple pie why not um sounds good man also uh, supposed to be with us today is Josh, but he, unfortunately, again, can't make it. Um, so sorry, Josh, you can't be here, but uh, we, hopefully you can you can join us next time. I'm sure he's very well. He's just very busy. Yeah, that and he's, I think, almost over COVID, not quite over COVID yet. And I believe his son is also home from daycare, so it's like a double whammy. And he's doing a very popular podcast of his own, Podcasting for Value. Check yeah. it out. Yeah, I definitely think it's turning out pretty good. Um, I do think he actually has a domain now, so I'm going to try to fix his link in the note to, to point to that. Cool. Yeah, it's well worth a listen. Anyway, how you been? Have we got any new Android hardware door? Ah, uh, no. I basically have no money um, mm. waiting for this basically phone to die. And then the question is, what am I going to look at next? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Okay, I had the last samsung device i believe i had in my hands that i could call my own was a samsung note 4 was a while ago that was the first samsung yeah that was the first samsung device where i was able to show governing where i had two phones side by side i launched the game at the same time you could clearly see the game on the note 4 ran slower purposely to make the battery last longer kind of thing um but i will say with this new samsung galaxy 22 i believe it's called s22 that is looking like a damn sexy device. I don't want to look at the price directly because I'm pretty sure it will blind me. But it comes. But now that's the phone that's going to come in with the pre-built stylus. Um, I always had mixed feelings about the styluses when smartphones. I do think it's finally to a point to where it really is a professionally usable grade stylus. Yeah, um, I think the original Note, well, with Note 4 came with the stylus, didn't it? Um, I'll say most of them did. I want to say they just stopped doing it maybe two years ago. Right, yeah. They uh, had the um, batteries on board, and you, by, when you put the stylus inside the phone, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the the stylus would charge up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've always found Samsung products to be—I've never actually used them, so I should—I suppose I should give them a chance. But I've always found them very overpriced, uh, yeah. and I've always been sort of more keen on on cheaper alternatives that do the same thing. Kind of my mo. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I disagree with you. The example I'll use to the more normal people is a lot of people feel like when you pay for a Toyota, you pay a premium price, but you get a more premium car that will last longer, need less maintenance, blah, 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 blah. And I don't necessarily agree with that either to where my um, uncle-in-law, who is my mechanic, super nice guy, insists every time we get a new car, why didn't we get a Toyota? You should have got a Toyota. Um, and I'm like, no, I just don't. Um, I uh, I don't like the Samsung interfaces. I'll say it, I'll say it like that. Mm. Uh, the Samsung UI, 
I think their Samsung browser is just a huge, gigantic target for exploitation. I like not having that kind of target on my back is what I'll say, so, which is why my last couple phones have been stuff like OnePlus phones or Huawei P20 Lite phones, not popular type platforms. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had a nasty habit of uh, installing a whole bunch of custom Samsung, pre-installing a whole bunch of custom Samsung apps that pretty much duplicated a lot of the other ones that, that were already pre-installed on there. So it really seemed a bit of a nonsensical approach. Plus, the premium you're paying, I think spec for spec, they've come out with the um, the lower value ones or the, the mid-ranges uh, or the cheaper versions, the budget versions. And I think specs for spec, you can get a lot better value out of OnePlus uh, and other, other brands like that. Oh, yeah. I'll say you, you can get a better value out of anybody at any point in time. And they still shove those apps down your throat. Every reviewer I saw who talked about the new Samsung Galaxy S22 said, you know, the, the bad thing is they haven't changed their insistence of shoving every type of app down your throat that you do not need. When there's perfectly good alternatives that exist, like the baked-in Google messaging app is just fine. You don't need the Samsung messaging app. Stuff like that. And let's not um, forget Bixby. Yeah, well, I'm, I hope that's dead by now. <laughs> it, should, it, it definitely should be. Um, so it's like, you know, it's one of those things. I'm, 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 I'm a firm believer. Here's the truth. Here's one of the truths of truths. I like to believe I'm a skeptic about things and not a cynic about things. And I'm sure you know the difference between a skeptic and a cynic, right, Ivor? Yep. Yeah. A skeptic can change their mind in lieu of new evidence, new facts, new stories, whatever. Cynics will never change their mind. I like to believe that there might be a day where I go out of my way to buy a Samsung device and I look at this thing and I think it's a great device. I don't think that day is going to come like anytime soon, but I would like to at least play with the S22 and see how like inadequate feels in your hand because I do think it's probably a solidly built device. Yeah, I'm sure they're perfectly good phones, but you know, if you want want um, value for money for everything you're spending on a Samsung, probably a good 20 to 30 percent of what you're paying for Samsung is its marketing and corporate overhead costs, and um, yeah. it thinks it's the Apple of the Android world, and in a lot of ways it is which is a lot of reasons why I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, the, the two pieces of hardware news I just wanted to talk about. Uh, one is a link in the notes to a website I'm sure nobody watching this live has ever visited. It looks like a Pakistani site, but whatever. Okay. Um, phones always go into niche markets first to do like beta testing to see how popular they are, see how much people like them. Um, this is a Nokia smart flip phone is the way it's described. And this is running the KaiOS operating system, the true Linux baked-in operating system. So for people out there who don't trust iOS, who don't want to trust Google either, I do think this alternative will continue to gain momentum as it becomes more polished, as it becomes more usable, as more apps come onto the platform. So it wouldn't shock me if this time of year, maybe 2024, uh, that these kind of devices would be um, out there for people who want, in air quote, simpler smartphones, and they don't want to spend, you know, $2,000 for a phone. Yeah, the, is there anything in here about the price? $99. Yeah, yeah. I'll say the normal one uh, price of these KaiOS phones is between $79 and $159. Depends on the antennas, depends on the size of the screen. This is definitely around the middle size of the screen. Uh, I will say it looks like a, a well-built device. It might be plasticky, but it definitely looks like it's a usable device. Yeah, and it's got the flip phone form factor, which a lot of people miss. Well, and truth truth be told, 
The best feature of a flip phone is you never have to worry about that screen getting scratched at all. You don't need a screen protector. You don't need nothing. Because every time you open that screen up, you're assured it's going to look as good as it basically did day one. Yeah, so I was saying the company's last flip phone was the Nokia 2720 4G. And that had um, Qualcomm 205, 512 megabits, megabytes of RAM with 4 gigabytes of internal storage. So pretty low specs, but then KaiOS is probably not very demanding. I imagine the battery life is pretty good as a result. Yeah, I'd be interested to try this out. Yeah, and for that price, here's the real truth be told. Um, Like, one of the reasons the Raspberry Pi, and I know I'm going on tangents already, but it's okay. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll keep it simple. Um, Engine away. Like, like, when the, yeah, like when the Raspberry Pi came out, I think a huge part of the success was it was so easily affordable for people to just buy it and air quotes play with it. Uh, don't be shocked if when these devices hit our shores, you know, it will be a very reasonable price to where you can buy one, play with it for like a couple of weeks. And even if you don't love it, it isn't like you're out a ton of money kind of thing. Uh, or, and this is the kind of device you could always like keep around air quotes as like a emergency phone. Or if you break your phone, you could, you know, just activate this one in its place. Um, I, I can definitely see a use case. And then here's the whole, here's a, a, another truthful thing. If I was a business and I had to buy all my employees' phones, that's the kind of phone I buy all my employees yeah. because I don't want them playing Candy Crush all day. I didn't think about this as I'm not sure I could go back to using a keyboard uh, as a dial pad, a dial pad keyboard. That would take some getting used to. Yeah, the T9 keyboard was not something I enjoyed using. Um, I hopefully you could at least connect maybe a Bluetooth keyboard or use voice commands. I don't know. Um, but yeah, piping out messages three 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 two three four 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 four. Uh, no man, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back to that. I'm not nah, nah, nostalgic at all about that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and the other bit of hardware news, I don't know if you heard. Uh, basically everyone vamping over the Pixel Six Pro uh, stuff oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have what I consider to be a reputable guy. He might, you know, I might not be a fan of his, but a very reputable guy coming out stating how the Pixel 6 is basically a disaster. The software is horrible, this and that, this and that. And I do believe that as far as he's concerned, he's exactly right. And it was bad. Um, but as far as consumers are concerned, this is like turning out to be one of the best-selling Pixel devices ever, which they're not releasing hard numbers people are scooping up left and right. And I have to believe, to be honest, most of the people who go out of their way to buy it see that magic er eraser in pictures mm. and think, oh, that's cool. Mm. Well, that kind of functionality has been available in apps for years. You could do that already. Um, you just needed the right the app. magic eraser? Well, it was, um, what's that one that Google, that photo app that Google had? Uh, Snap, Snap something. Oh. Snapseed? I, I I never saw a eraser in Snapseed. No, I'm pretty sure there was an option there. It, it was quite a oh, complex okay. app. There was an option there to take stuff out you didn't want there. Um, yeah, and gotcha. it, it might have had a bit of a learning curve. You might have had to had to figure it out for yourself. But um, obviously, Google's made that a lot easier with their interface, and that's what people want. But I mean, yeah, it's a social media world world now, isn't it? People just want photographs to make themselves look good. Well, and unfortunately, if Joe Rogan suggests it, that'll probably help it too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, 10 million people an episode, that's not a bad audience. <laughs> yeah, it's quite bad. And when his number one demographic is just about the stupidest group of people on the planet Earth, <laughs> uh, 24-year-old white males. Yeah, yeah. And I can say that because I was once a 24-year-old white male, and I was pretty stupid. Well, I bet I was dumber than you. <laughs> well, the only thing worse than that is an 18-year-old. Yeah, yeah. It's a race to the bottom. Male, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite literally. Because, you know, there, there's a reason why when you watch videos, cringe videos of people doing stupid things like falling off a balcony and stuff, it's a male typically around 18 to 26. Yep. Just saying. There's a reason the insurance premiums um, are the way they are. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, And I tell you, the one thing I really loved about COVID, man, my auto insurance rates plummeted. Oh, really? Because I was driving like 20 miles a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now they want me. Yeah, long story short, they went back up. So much for that. Of course they did. I enjoyed it while it lasted. Well, I've got a bit of news. I'll just put it in the chat there. This is um, something I think is, it's not a huge problem at the moment, but um, it seems to be an increasing problem. Uh, so in 2021, the FBI received 1,611 SIM swapping complaints, which was up from 320 complaints in the three years prior. So that's a huge increase in one year. Well, from from uh, everything over three years. Um, now, this is also a problem in my country, and I suppose in a lot of countries, other countries, but now more and more with um, two-factor authentication being used on SMS uh, and email access on your phone, it's, you know, you can't be too careful about um, about who has access to your SIM card and, and what protections your ISP or your, um, your phone provider puts on your account. Um, so, yeah, I thought I'd just put this up in here to... Um, to let people know that uh, something to to be aware of, not afraid of, but I think to be aware of that um, yeah, that uh, things can go wrong uh, with your with your phone provider. Yeah, the way I put it is, and I tried to tell everybody at work when they forced us to do two FA, and I said it kind of in basic terms that I possibly could. Never in your life connect two factor authentication with your actual mobile phone number. Mm. Sim because to simjack is simple. It is incredibly simple to simjack. All they got to do is call up the phone company, pretend to be you, and just get them to change it. And then voila, your now two-factor authentication is going to that other SIM card, and you literally have no idea. Sometime for hours that that your phone is no longer receiving data, SIM data coming. Um, and quite often, if they... you want to be, oh, sorry, you go. I, I, I was going to say to be as secure as possible. Uh, you need to go to something like Google Voice or another phone, uh, internet phone number provider. And if that phone number provider offers dual factor authentication, this is just another level and layer of complexity that makes it more difficult for people to hack you. So then what you do is you use two factor authentication for your uh, Google app, your Google phone number. I use it with another Google Voice phone number. And then I have my uh, phone dual factor authentication going to my Google Voice phone number. So you would literally have to jack two different Google accounts in order to get access to my two-factor authentication on my phone. Yeah. But um, I was just going to say, quite often the uh, security requirements the phone services ask for are quite superficial as well. Right? All, all you need to know about someone is their date of birth and their address. And so many times well, that I've been asked, you know, I've been trying to phone, do something on, on the phone, and, and all they've asked me is my phone number, my um, date of birth and my address, and that's supposed to identify right. me. And if you haven't watched any of the DEF CON uh, Black Hat conference videos kind of things, um, there is literally a contest where they have people on stage in a soundproof booth, yes. but you can hear them. And their goal is to call up companies and compromise these accounts that are in existence as quick as possible, as easy as possible. And the manipulation they do is like literally like babies crying in the background, dogs barking, person flustered begging for help. I please I just need this. I don't just need this. My you know, my husband died three days ago and I'm just and they will pull everything out of the book to where they can literally compromise people's things. 
do a sim jacking in less than three minutes. You know who's on the other end of the phone in, in the in the calling? Is an eighteen to twenty four year old white male or white female? <laughs> oh no, the females are good at it. Oh, the females. The females yeah. I watched. No, I'm the talking last years, at the phone company. At the phone company, you, oh. you've got these guys who are earning very very little. Uh, don't care about the job. Yeah. They're just trying to get through the call. That. Yeah. And that's a damn good point. They're not incentivized to be safe and secure. They're incentivized to just get off this phone and move to the next. Get off this phone and move to the next. One, one thing I will say for Microsoft, its Authenticator app is quite good in that respect. It, it provides uh, non-SMS two-factor authentication. You can always use the Google two-factor authenticator app. If anybody else has any ideas about or any good, uh, uh, good uh, authenticator apps that they use, let us know. Yeah, and I will say you're right. There are people that offer... Um, I can't remember the right word for it. I want to say it's something like asynchronous dual factor authentication where it's not connected to anything except your email account or something like that, not your phone. Um, so yeah, that, and to me, it's always a good thing. I look sooner or later, passwords aren't going to exist. We're going to in, we're going to move into a passwordless system. But before that happens, we need to turn into a, um, service where we have dual factor all authentication where nobody uses your phone number because that's just completely insecure. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, I mean, it's only sixteen hundred eleven complaints now. Whether that's the tip of an iceberg, who knows? But in a country of three hundred and thirty million people, that's a, a pretty good ratio. So your chances of actually getting hacked are still quite small. They are, but it it it's one of those things. I think one of the things you have to take into consideration is where you work at, and if you're using your work stuff, because uh, you know, if you work at the wrong place, where people think if I can get into that company's door some way we we can make millions off of either ransomware or something else um so you gotta like be careful of like spear phishing attacks like that um the one two podcasts i'll suggest is uh one of them is darknet diaries the other one is aarp perfect scam where in the last year they both went over in great detail exactly how spear phishing and sim jacking attacks can be done and the reasons why they're done is sometimes really stupid you know, you have a Twitter account that has three letters in its name. Mm. Some, but somebody out there will pay you know ten thousand bucks for that. Yeah, I was just about to mention the Dark Nick Diaries uh, podcast because uh, I think about a month or two ago they did a very, very good episode on uh, on a hacking uh, champion. She's a woman who um, who won the championship uh, of the Dark the the what are they called hackathon or something. So yeah, no Dark Nick Diaries, excellent podcast on uh, on those sort of technical issues. Yeah. Um, speaking about technical issues, um, I know I say this every couple of shows. Um, I have a Mozilla VPN account, partially just to give them money. <clears throat> it's literally only five bucks a month, but for a company that nobody pays money to directly, uh, I feel like somebody has to pay them money at least once in a while. Um, so there was some good news that came out, basically saying Mozilla rolls out some new privacy features, uh, to its mobile and desktop VPN, and I will say that they're VPN has been third-party audited um, to be completely safe, completely secure, non-tracking kind of thing. Um, it's in the top tier of safe VPNs to use. Mm. Um, not free, just like private internet access is not free. You know, uh, Tunnel Bear is not free. NordVPN is not free. Um, if you're not paying for something, you and your data is the customer. So if you want a VPN, shh, put out a couple shekels is what I'll say. Um I'm actually thinking the about Mozilla VPN. Sorry, I was just saying, oh, I was actually thinking about learning how to spin up my own VPN rather than having to rely on a commercial oh, solution. Super easy. Oh, send me a Open link. VPN. <laughs> open yeah, VPN. Uh, yeah, yeah. Open, v open VPN. You can take a old Android phone, install Servers Ultimate on it, 
then in your router, you just make sure that when that phone connects to that router, you hard set the IP address so it never changes, and then you just open up the port and you're done. It's literally like, and it's quite literally that step. It's literally a three-step process. Might take you 15 minutes. It will take you longer to configure your phone to connect to it when you're out and about than to set up the server itself. I to, yeah, I'll have to check that out. I think it's probably worth doing, especially um, when the uh, larger there's some larger company there out there. I forget its name. It starts with a K or something. It's um, buying up VPNs and they're just harvesting user data. So, yeah. gotcha. And I'll throw out there. Um, I, I will bring Servers Ultimate next week as an app, just as a reminder kind of thing. Um, and I will say the other plus to doing it that way is if you have a printer or another computer or a camera or a 3D printer that you want only accessible inside your network, you can then safely and securely still access it when you're not there. Because um, when you set up uh, open VPN, uh, the best way to do it is with like a, a long random string or with a cert. Uh, the likelihood of someone being able to guess that long string or cert is, I don't want to say near impossible, but it sure is not easy. Mm-hmm. All right. Definitely have to check that out. Have you got any apps for us today, Dor? Um, Actually, I did, but I'm going to throw out one piece of random hardware again, okay. just as a, you didn't see this one coming. Um, I will say Josh was very upset uh, because the size of this uh, device wasn't up to what he considered to be your standards. Um, Ivor, and that is a, in air quotes, smartwatch. <laughs> That's not a tablet. Um, the reason, only reason I wanted to mention this is, um, you know, we have normal Intel and AMD processors and desktops and laptops. We're starting to get, uh, we have ARM processors in phones and tablets. We have them in some Chromebooks. We're going to start seeing them in some laptops as well. Uh, the next generation in air quote and lower down forms of chips are either um, Risk V or ESP chips. Um, these chips are super affordable to buy. Um, the programming infrastructure it needs to get a little bit better, a little bit stronger. The chips might need another generation or two to really uh, be completely usable. But this is an example of a super affordable. I want to say it was twenty bucks. Uh, ESP thirty-two chip-based uh, smartwatch um, that I'm sure if anyone buys it <clears throat> right now, thinking it's going to be their daily driver. The battery life ain't going to be great. You know, the build quality ain't going to be great. The usefulness of it is not going to be great, but it's an example of how this is like the beginning. This is the first, this is like the first version. You know, it's, you're going to have to wait till like version four or five for it to become actually usable. But I'm looking forward to a day where I can buy a small, you know, sub $30 device with a small screen, maybe not a watch, but a small screen like that, and just use it as a one-off appliance type device that I have complete ownership of. I don't have to worry about Apple. Um, I don't have to worry about Google. I don't have to worry about Microsoft or anybody else. I, I can just control it myself. Yeah, I mean, this very much looks like a prototype at the moment, but it seems very promising. And uh, much like the Raspberry Pi and the Arduino and all those sort of things, if people, if the developer community can get in, the open source community can get behind it and start developing stuff for it, and the, then hardware will come, you know, and the hardware will improve, and the, and the performance will improve. So, yeah, it's quite quite interesting where this might go. Very cool. So do you want to bring an app or do you want me to bring one? Um, I've got one. I can bring one. Then you can bring one. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So I don't know if you're like me, but I think a lot of people are. Um, they have a huge stack of coins sitting somewhere in a cupboard or in a drawer somewhere that are um, just rusting away and, and you have no idea what they are. Some of them are from overseas. You bought them back from an overseas holiday or some of them belong to members of your family from years ago. Um, 
if you have a lot of time on your hands, like someone, um, you might want to sit down and actually figure out where all these coins come from and if any of them are actually worth any money. I did exactly this today. So um, this app is called Coinoscope. Identify coin by image by micron. Uh, what it will do is use your phone's camera to identify a coin that you have in your collection. Um, so last updated January 21st, so it's pretty recent, 500,000 plus installs, 5 megabytes is the size. Current version 3.0.5 requires Android 6.0 and upgraded 3 plus. Uh, it does have uh, a pro version, so this is a, a free version. What happens is um, for the pro version, one of the functions of the app is to tell you how much your fo your coin is worth. So um, you take a snap photo, it identifies the coin, and then you can go into a marketplace and it shows you exactly what uh, people are buying or selling your your coin for. And um, so if you want to if you want to do more than twenty five estimated valuations on a coin, then you need to pay a dollar eighty nine a month or thirteen dollars a year uh, for the pro subscription. Now there is a free alternative which is called MacTun or MacTun M A K T U N coin search by photo it does essentially the same things but it doesn't charge for the valuations now it's not as uh, i don't think it's as good i've tried both apps i don't think it's as good as um the coinoscope uh but i you could you could combine you could use both uh and i've i've found that the um the the coinoscope one the non-pro version has a lot of functionality uh that is free and you probably won't even need the pro version if you're not really very interested in, in how much your coins are worth uh more of what they are so it'll tell you exactly what they are and what country they're from and, and that sort of thing very cool this is the kind of app i can see a lot of people finding use cases for <clears throat> but i think also a lot of people wouldn't need the pro version um because you know i mean how many coins i, I can already know i have one coin right over here um that i think is weird give me a second yeah. I'm pretty sure I got it as change to something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like someone like an air quote accidentally slipped it to me. Let's see if I can make it nice and actually um, dialed in where we can actually see this thing. Let's see. Big money. Well, one of the things the app will let you do is uh, upload an image. So if you're looking to buy a coin or someone sends you a photo of a coin, um, you can upload that image to the Coinoscope app and it will, it will then run its AI on, on the coin image. I'll tell you what it does. There you go. Can you see that, Igor? Yep. yep. Yeah. It's weird, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, it's a very um, weird one. So yeah, I, yeah. So it's a perfect use case for your app. Just happens to be literally sitting right here. Yeah. Um, I'll try to make sure that both of these apps are in the notes, just because uh, some people don't want, under any circumstance, you know, a paid version of the app. But I can tell you, if I if I needed to use the app that frequently, I'd happily pay the money. Yeah, and as I said, the only thing they charge for is the estimated values of the coins. If you just want to identify what coin it is. And then it's free, so good. <laughs> I um I went through my wife. My wife has a has a, large, a rather extensive coin collection. I went through a few of her coins today, and I found one that was worth about seventy dollars. It was a Chinese coin. So did it go missing? <laughs> it might. <laughs> I'm just saying, you could put it towards your next phone. <laughs> I could do that, couldn't I? Yeah. yeah. Put it towards my next Chinese phone. Yeah. Um. Okay. The app I'm going to bring is actually a throwback. Um, I'm going to do this, I think, once in a while in the future, where I just look back at an app that we brought eight, ten years ago, or whatever, and just see, is it still alive? How's it looking? Is it improved? Is it changed? Um, is it worth looking at again kind of thing? Um, and I'll say um, the caveat I'll give about this app is you have to be in with the idea of gamification. And gamification is basically turning normal things that you're not rewarded for 
know what I mean? I'm not rewarded for feeding the cat. I'm not rewarded for cooking the family dinner. You know what I mean? But in the app, you can set up goals like a RPG type game to where you can get rewards for certain behavior and you know, certain things that you do. Um, this is one of the first ones that we ever brought um, called Habit RPG. Now it's called Life Up Gamification To Do and Task List Habit RPG from A. Aya G. Kell. That's what I'm sticking with. Um, productivity app does have in-app purchases. Is two dollars and ninety-nine cents to buy. Um, it is currently um four point seven reviews out of eight hundred and ninety-two, which I think is uncommonly low considering this app is literally like a decade old. So what I'm thinking is maybe when there's major versions of the app released, they might filter out some of the old reviews. It wouldn't shock me if they're doing something like that. Um. It is eligible for the Family Library updated January 26, 2022. 12 megs in size, 10,000 plus installs. Current version 1.8.1.86.0. Uh, Only requires 5.0 Android and up. Uh, permissions. It is going to need some permissions. Um, Wi-Fi, camera, calendar, uh, prevent device from sleeping, yada, yada, yada. Um, I do believe this also can connect with a free web um, service to where you can manage it either on your phone or on your desktop or laptop again it's just a simple way to say okay every time i walk the dog give me like five experience points every time i go shopping and i don't buy 15 pounds of chocolate give me you know 10 experience points kind of um it's just one of those ways if you want to have a little bit extra incentive even if it's just virtual gamification stuff uh if you need that kind of incentive then this might do it for you Actually, I've, I've, I've got an app here that dovetails into this one very nicely. Um, cause I don't know about you, but you've, uh, I mean, you may have seen a whole bunch of to-do list apps on the Play Store coming out lately. Um, and this particular one is called To Don't. And so, uh, what you do with it is, um, you basically list all the, all your bad habits and all the things you want to avoid doing. And then you tick them off as avoided during the day if you haven't done them. And it shows you stats and that sort of stuff about uh, all the all the bad habits and nasty things that you've you've been uh, you've managed to avoid. <laughs> so it's a kind of a reverse psychology uh, uh, to do list. Gotcha. It says mature seventeen and up, and I'm not sure I want to know why. Yeah, I don't know why. Didn't have anything weird that, uh, when I was looking at it, but maybe it's a beta. I don't know. <laughs> but the um, the gamification, the life up thing. Here, it's $5 to buy it. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of competition for this sort of app. And if you're charging $5, you better get some money's worth out of it. So you've used it before? Years, years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and it worked just fine. <clears throat> you just had to remember to, um, you know, like post your updates is what I'm going to say. Um, and like, kind of like when I was, I'm a, uh, a pit or a pedestal kind of person. Um, I either want to do something to the extreme or I don't want to do it at all. Mm. You know, nothing in the middle. And I like said to my oldest how I'm tempted to now to basically to like over schedule on my life to where I literally schedule even stuff like time to sit down and play video games because I have had no time in air quotes to play video games. And that's my excuse. I don't have, you know, time because I'm not scheduling kind of thing. So I was thinking about doing some scheduling over scheduling, but then, you know, that sounds a lot like work. So I'm not sure I'm going to do that. Fair enough to. Um, okay. Um, and I guess I guess I have another app that's kind of like what you bought, which is kind of like what I brought, but different. Um, and this comes from a suggestion. I want to say it was from Orion in the Discord chat. Oh, man. Now I can't remember who it was him or not. I think it was is what I'm going to say. Uh, let me 
do this right. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, this is a like family chore uh, related app where basically you can have the entire family log in, join in. The parents can set positive or negative things to do that will give positive or negative points or even money to uh, chore. And it's called Our Home uh, Chores, Rewards, Groceries, and Calendar from Our Home Lifestyle App, E for Everyone, 4,100 reviews, no in-app purchases, no in-app ads, free to download, free to install, 3.4 average reviews, uh, updated October 25th, 2020. 6.7 megs in size, 500,000 plus installs, current version 3.14.4, 5.0 Android and up. Again, content rating E for everyone. Uh, it is going to need access to a lot because it wants to link up all your family members. So it needs identity, contacts, photo, media, files, storage, camera, um, notification when it receives data from the internet. But essentially, you can set this up as a parent. You can set objectives and goals for your children and then show them right there prizes or points. And you can say, you know, if you want to get X, Y, or Z, you have to get 50 points. Every time you do this, you're going to get five points. Every time you're going to do this, you get six points kind of thing. So I think it's a really, look, the kids already won't stop watching YouTube. So their face is in a screen already. Why don't you put this app on their phone as well and let them know, here's how you can get extra stuff from me, the parent, if you follow this app and do these chores and rewards that I put in there. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I have mixed feelings about this app. I'm not so sure about it. I know that it would not go down well with my kids. Well, nothing goes down well with my kids. That involves housework. (laughs) I mean, I've been trying to get my kids to do housework around the place for uh, a couple of years now, and uh, it always fails. So um, I suppose, yeah, one thing that gets them off their phones and off YouTube and uh, out behind the screen and actually helping out around the house is is always a bonus. So I might have to give it a try. The only thing um, it reminds me of is, remember that uh, there was an app called Life360? which basically harvested a whole bunch of very personal information about its families that were using it. It was a great app, but it was just um, the main main point of it was to get all the, all the data. Right. Um, one thing I'll say I like about this app is it's been around for a while. I want to say it's been around when, when I looked at the history. I want to say it's been around for at least six years. And part of me would like to believe if an app is doing nefarious things, if it was doing it all along, in air quotes, somebody would already know about it. It doesn't mean they can't change tomorrow. doesn't mean they can't sell tomorrow and decide we're going to do a different monetization path kind of thing. But um, so far, at least, it's fine. And it comes from Australia, so what could be bad oh, about well, it? Yeah. It's got to be fine then. <laughs> I did wonder if yeah. you were going to play the video. I noticed there was a video with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I played it. pretty good. <laughs> Um, okay, we do have an email. I thought I'd better read that before um, before we move on to more apps. Uh, so this email comes from Pete B. Um, and he says, how big a role should security updates play in buying an Android phone? I had a Motorola phone, but they were always six to eight months slow with updates. Samsung and Google always seem to be up to date. However important is it, how important is it to be up to the minute with security updates? Now, this is an old chestnut, isn't it, Dor? I mean, this topic goes back to the beginning of Android, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, my view, I think um, security updates aren't really that important. It depends on what you're doing with your phone. If you're doing some dodgy stuff with your phone, then maybe security updates are, are the most important thing to you. Um, and by dodgy stuff, I mean, like, if you're using third-party app stores, if you're torrenting, if you're doing, if you're using, um, accessing uh, uh, tour sites, that sort of thing, um, then yeah, I would be more interested in security, regular security updates. But 
so long as it does receive updates, uh, then I think you're probably going to be okay. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'll say anybody that says they know the right answer to this, they don't. Okay. Um, this is like a personal belief. This is a personal choice kind of thing. Um, the example I use is, you know, 12 years ago, quite literally using desktop antivirus software was completely optional mm. because if, if in air quotes, you knew what you were clicking, if you in air quotes behaved on your computer, <clears throat> if you didn't just blindly open email attachments kind of thing, the likelihood of you getting infected was incredibly low. Um, the number one most important security feature is not operating system updates. It's intelligent usage of the device. What you click, when you click, how you click, what you trust, what you don't trust. That is by far the most important thing when it comes to anything accessing a computer is the user. Number one. Um, number two is I'll say if you have to ask, then it's yes, it's important. Because it, if you ask the question, then my logic is it has to be important to you. Why else would you ask the question? Um, so, you know, if, if, if you deem it as being important, then a, you want to also be incredibly selective, like I've already said, of what you install. And literally, again, I would turn off automatic updates so you know what apps are getting updated. So you can say to yourself, if this app isn't being updated peri peri periodically, maybe I need to get rid of it. Um, and after that, it's just a question of, do you want to use apps where you use the um, um, like work account and then your regular account so you can further isolate things? Um, but if you insist on worrying about, because the only thing those patches, those OS update patches patch are things like SMS exploits, where they can send you a specially crafted message. You don't do nothing and your phone gets jacked. Mm. Um, that's the only kind of thing that those security updates ever have ever fixed that I can tell ever before. Um, just specially crafted stuff. So. Me personally, I don't care about the operating system updates. Um, when I see them, hey, cool, got an operating system update. Um, but I literally, in, even in email, and even when I'm on a website, I don't em emphatically trust. I literally tap and hold down and say copy. And then I go into a browser and hit paste. And then I manually look at the URL before I do stuff. Um, I think your behavior is more important than operating system updates. And I think a lot of uh, companies like Google, like uh, Samsung, Put too much stock in, oh, look, they, they use it as an advertising gimmick, I suppose. Oh, we have regular updates all the time, you know, and you'll get regular updates guaranteed for three years. Now, I was using a phone for nine months last year that was still using Android 7. Didn't get a, didn't, didn't get a security update. It was a security update. It was you know, back to, you know, back to 2010, 2011. And I have absolutely no problems with it at all. You know, so it depends on, yeah, your level of personal uh, paranoia. <laughs> And, and the use. True. Yeah. And I'm going to like paraphrase Steve Gibson as well. Um, while I don't believe anybody is right about everything, I think once in a while he spouts little words of wisdom that hearken with a lot of truth, <clears throat> like the tyranny of the default. Um, whatever the default is, 90% of people are just going to go with it. Whether it's, do you want to invest in your 401k plan? If it's by default, it does it. 90% of the employees will do that. If you have to opt into it, 90% of the employees will not. Um, whatever your default search engine is on your browser of choice, normal people will never change it. Okay. Um, and one of the things that Gibson says is old code has been more tested than new code. So it, he's, he's like, it stands to reason that old code could be more secure than new code. Mm. Keyword there mm. could. Um, so quite literally, if you get a 10 year old Android device and you plug it up to the network, 
you know, are you a target? Are people crafting things towards your device? No. If you have the Samsung Galaxy S22, oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. They're focusing their attacks specifically toward that Samsung messaging. Yeah, you've got the most popular like, phone, the most popular Android phone. And so they're going to get, you know, one in a million is going to respond. Yeah. And it's, and it's the other thing I'll say is like, you know, if you work at a company where you deal literally in state secrets or, you know, intellectual property secrets worth millions of dollars or something to that effect, then yeah, you better be worrying about the security of your mobile device. If you're just a guy doing an air quote normal job at an air quote normal place in a normal family environment, I wouldn't stress. I would never say, well, it's time for me to buy a new phone. I'm not getting updates anymore. That would never be my deciding factor on buying a new phone. That's exactly what they want you to do. Oh, yeah. The other thing is Android is not iOS. And so if you're expecting a phone that uh, does automatic updates every every two weeks or, um, you know, has, has this perfect ecosystem that does everything for you, no, that's not going to happen. You're, you're getting an Android phone. It's cheaper for a reason, and it's more customizable, and it gives you more control over what it does and doesn't do. And so I, I value that a bit more than um, than having security updates pushed on me every five minutes. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's another Ivor rant. Um, becoming a habit. Okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Um, I've got an, another app here. Do you want me to ring or you got one yourself? Um, sure. You can bring one. Okay. I, want, I was really impressed with this particular app. Um, and I, w- I want to share my screen with you, show you how it works, because it's really cool. Just a moment. You should have that up on your screen. Okay, so this app is called Invaluable. Now, once you've uh, scanned all your um, all your coins, and uh, some of them might be um, might you might find them valuable. You might want to find somewhere to sell them, uh, or you might be interested in in auctions. Uh, being stuck here at the bottom of the world in New Zealand, um, I find uh, our range of um, options for um, buying stuff is quite limited, and I quite like auctions. So. Uh, this app, Invaluable, is um, is an online auction house, and it has has a. It was actually um, I found quite impressive. Um, so if we go into into it to start off with, and it shows you uh, at the bottom there, you've got some you've got a home option. Shows you uh, uh, recommended items that you might be interested in. I suppose it's based on things you've searched for in the past. You've got search options, and it shows you all the different categories of things you can search for. Um, Toys, guns, <laughs> wine, <laughs> all sorts of things like that. Uh, even real estate, fine art, you name it. Um, and then it goes into upcoming op- auctions. Um, sorry, this is a, a little bit slow today. Um, and the best thing about it is you can filter on uh, different different options here. So you can have different categories of auction. You can, you can just do fine arts, go right there. Uh, and countries. So you can select a specific country. Let's say uh, I want to go and have a look at um, South Africa. What South Africa has to offer, so apply those filters, and it shows me uh, auctions based on my filter options. There's only one auction: South African International Fine Art. I can go into that and have a look. Um, but the thing about this app that I really like is the auction experience. Um, so if I find an item that I want or I like, I can favorite it, and it will um, it will notify me when that item has come up um, on the auction block. Uh, and I'm going to have a look at um, auctions that are in place or happening at the moment. Uh, Going back into the auctions screen, where an, where an auction is underway, you can join the live auction. This is the modern and contemporary art auction, and um, my internet's really slow today. I don't know why. Must be the weather. It's quite cloudy outside. Um, so shows you the picture. Oh, yeah, that was just finishing. And here we go. We've got a lovely uh, teddy bear piece of work. Uh, it shows it's open. It shows you the the bids as they occur. 
uh, gives you um, a fair warning notification when the auction is about to close. Uh, you can have a look at the catalogue that's happening. So it shows you the next lot that's coming up. And um, you can, can favourite that and send you a notification when it comes up for sale. Um, so if we go into the, uh, into the live item, yeah, it shows you here, waiting for the auction. So now it's the auction's opened. It's got 74 people looking at it. Um, and you can follow the item uh, as, it, as, it, uh, as it's sold. And honestly, you could spend hours on this app just looking for stuff <laughs> that you're interested in. Um, it's not just fine art and jewellery and that sort of stuff, or people's stamp collections. It's a um, whole bunch of stuff. There's I found board games, um, Elvis Presley memorabilia, um, surplus items, all sorts of all sorts of things. And you, as I said, you can get a lot of different countries and and that sort of thing. So I um, I have spent a lot of time on this. I've not bought anything. I probably won't ever buy anything. Uh, but I just thought uh, if anyone's into this sort of thing, then uh, this is the uh, kind of the COVID version of antiquing, really <laughs> going to an antique auction or a secondhand auction uh, in, in a weekend or something. You can now do it on your phone. Very cool. <clears throat> yeah, I, I definitely like the idea of auctions just because it gives everyone a, a chance in air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's exciting as well. You know, you could pick up a real bargain. Uh, you could find something that... Um, that you know you, nobody has in their shop or you can't you can't find in your own country you can find it in a different country it's um yeah it becomes quite addictive gotcha um just a few details about the apps uh, so invaluable is made by invaluable um it's a last updated february 8th uh, it's the size of 73 meg 50,000 plus stores requires android 6.0 and up current version 2.5.4 um and i think the permissions are pretty pretty conservative they only uh need your location uh, and that sort of thing. Um, really slowing down here. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, check it out if you're interested into that sort of thing. Very cool. Um, the app I'm going to bring next, I'll say this. Anyone that knows me would not expect me to bring this, but it's the kind of thing. I do believe that this was very popular for some time, and that is the TV show The Office. Um, whether you like the UK version, the original version, or you like the American version with the uh, 40-year-old virgin guy. I can't remember his name. Um, it was popular. I'm not, I, I can't deny that. This is a game called The Office. Somehow we manage from Eastside Game Studio to Simulation Game. 6,149 reviews. Looks around two and a half star reviews. T for Teens. C does contain ads and in-app purchases. Uh, free to download. Um, 2.7 average reviews out of 6,100. That's not great reviews is what I'm going to say. Um, we scroll down, updated February 10th, 2022, so it's constantly updated because today's the 10th. Um, 147 megs in size, 100,000 plus installs, current version 1.3.2, 5.1, and uh, Android and up does have subjective themes, is what I'm going to say. Uh, permissions, Wi-Fi connection, and basically that's it, uh, which I'll say is fair, is what I'm going to say. Um, essentially, you're, I believe, living through, like, uh, I don't want to say a season or a specific episode of this show, but your normal kind of um, conundrums that happen on this kind of show, where you have to guide your the characters from the show through specific events. Um, I'm sure there are scenes from the show that appear in this game, but I would know. But if you or someone you know is a, a, a fan of The Office, because it seems like the people who are fans of this show are really big fans of the show, um, I suggest you point them to this app and say, have at it. Yeah, um, I, I loved The Office when it was on. I um I had direct experience of working in an office in the UK. <laughs> yeah, um, and a lot of the things that were happening on The Office I, seemed to have been lifted straight out of um, what was happening in that in that particular office. I was working in the UK, 
it just got to the point where um I think I watched about two or three seasons and it got to the point where it was just becoming so cringing. I, I just oh I I could I couldn't get to the I couldn't tell the difference between reality and, and fantasy anymore. <laughs> I, was, mm. <laughs> I was thinking, God, this is really, really bad and it was really starting to mess with my head so I, I stopped watching it, much to my regret. But um it was extremely funny. I absolutely understand that um uh, like triggering effect mm. uh, because I won't watch The Wire because I know how disgusting and dirty Baltimore City can be and that show is based in Baltimore right. and I don't want to watch a show dramatizing just how bad that city can be. Yeah, no, fair enough. But um, yeah, uh, Ricky Gervais is, is, in my opinion, a, a genius who did a great job of depicting yeah. office life at that particular time. I'll say nearly everything I've seen that guy in, mm. um, I just shut my mouth and pay attention because besides just being funny the, his comedic timing i'll say it's in like the top three or four he's good yeah very cool uh all right um one more from me and this one we've had um this one's all about finding a uh a person who can help you with um your uh maintenance issues if you need a plumber you need a an electrician you need uh, a roofer you need anything like that then um, this is this is a great little app to use. It's called Free Job Offers Find Electrician, Plumber, and Smith. That's what it shows up as a, in, in my view, but um, it's also called Ernesto, E-R-N-E-S-T-O, Fast Home Services. So it just seems to have recently changed its name. I don't know why. Um, basically what you do, here we go, you can get a um, plumber, electrician, painter, carpenter, smith, constructions, constructions, <laughs> mover, chef, driver, basically any of these sort of um, trade jobs that you're looking for someone to come and do at your house, then you can um, go onto the, the Ernesto app. Um, you need to set your location, give it location permissions. Um, it has about um, six, um, um, It's also useful for if you're a tradesman yourself and you do or a handyman yourself, you can actually register on this as a tradesman and uh, other people will find you as well. I um, need, have had some plumbing problems the last couple of weeks, finding it very hard to get a plumber out to the house, put put this on and nothing happened. Uh, that's probably a consequence of where I live, but I imagine if you live in Baltimore or the US or anywhere else other than the bottom of the world, um, you'd probably get a, a much better response than I did. Um, so the app details, I was last updated February 12th, 2019. It doesn't look like it was updated a, a couple of years ago. Um, it seems to be quite a quite a good UI. Uh, 18 meg, 10,000 plus installs, requires Android 4.4 W and up. I don't know what 4.4 W is. Current version 2.2.2, rated for 3 plus. Um, yeah, just if you if you if you don't want to go through the rigmarole of trying to find a decent plumber or or a plumber or an electrician or a builder or a handyman, um, then uh, try this out. Cool. Um, w is the new inter iteration where they're trying to push developers to focus on wide screen formats, whether it's a Chromebook oh. or a tablet. Oh, okay. Well, you learn something every day. Um, and I watched the video, and I, because of my global incompetence knowledge of level, I can't tell if it's originally a Spanish app oh, okay. or a Italian app. Well, might be but Spanish I'm going to guess Spanish is what I'll say. Um, so anywhere in the world, feel free to download and give it a shot, but I do think it's focused towards the Spanish uh environment okay right well sorry about that I, th I thought it was it seemed to be all in english for me and uh didn't seem oh, to well, have a problem in my location yeah. but you know it knows i'm yeah. in new zealand so it didn't seem to think that was a problem right and everything i look at says english says english says english i play the video and it's not english and i was thinking maybe i don't know so i went and i just searched for it 
like a fresh start and clicked it, and I, and I still get a Spanish video. So. Okay. Maybe they just need to make their videos more worldly is the way I'll put it. <laughs> okay. Um, what I'm going to bring, and I'm not going to lie, um, I'm bringing this for a lot of reasons. And that's the way I'm, this is a nice way I'm going to put it. I'm bringing this for lots of reasons. Number one, uh, this app was suggested to me from Ellis Owens. Um, if you guys don't remember Ellis Owens, the listeners, uh, he was definitely on the show more than a couple of times. Uh, super nice guy, super intelligent guy, super passionate guy kind of thing. Uh, it's been a while since I've heard from him, but I'm going to say he's had a lot of things going on besides life and kids. So he's been really busy. Um, I'm also bringing this app because, uh, I've been communicating with, uh, Tracy Holtz every couple of weeks. I like, you know, have a uh, boxer chats with him back and forth. And last week. We had Spork Saber show up to the live YouTube chat. So I was bringing this app hoping that I could like summon Spork Saber to come out uh, because this is a brew, a beer related app. Uh, me, Tracy, Spork Saber, and uh, Buyer Brown and Red, we hung out and we did pod brewers all about beer making and what it goes into making beer kind of thing. And then we would try different beer and then comment on it. This is a simulation game called Fizz. Uh, brewery management game by Bit by Bit Studios. Again, simulation game. 8,110 reviews. T for teen because, you know, in some countries, teens can drink beer, I guess. Um, looks like it's, uh, completely free. No in-app purchases. No, um, let me see. Maybe it ain't. Um, no in-app purchases. None of that. Um, no in-app ads. Uh, 4.1 average reviews. Again, 8,110 reviews. Uh, eligible for the family library, updated August 25th, 2019, size varies with device, 100,000 plus installs. Uh, current version varies with device, Android varies with device, uh, content rating, T, alcohol reference, duh. Uh, it needs access to your USB storage, uh, photos, media, and network connections. Essentially, this is like we had in the past, we had like Game Dev Studio, you know, games like Roller Coaster Tycoon, where basically your goal is to basically build up for like airport simulator, where your goal is to make the most successful version of that. And like the video says, in some games, you have to rescue the princess or slay the dragon or save the world. Um, this time, do something that really matters, make beer. <laughs> and, and that's like the video intro to the game. Um, you, you have to basically decide what kind of hardware you're going to use uh, what kind of ingredients you're going to use. Now, if Josh was here, I was hoping he was going to be here too. Um, Josh, this was his job back in the day. He was what was called a brewmeister. He was, he knew the art of how to brew beer, what ingredients went, went good with what other ingredients. So part of your job in this is you have to pick who to hire and the people who you hire have unique abilities, you want to say. Some of them are just fast. Some of them can lift a lot. Some of them understand the craft brewery a little bit more than other people. So you can put them each on different jobs in your factory. Um, I will say it's on all platforms, Amazon, Apple, and Google Play. Thank you very much, Mac Geek in the chat for saying it is iPhone compatible. Um, the, here's the best thing in my humble opinion about these kind of games. If you have a little bit of knowledge about the business or beer or how it's brewed, just a little bit of knowledge, then this is the kind of game you can literally pick up, play for five minutes, ten minutes, put it down, come back two or three days later, basically not have to worry about where you're at, just pick it up and see what needs to get done, and then voila, pick up where you left off, do some more things. Um, 
the only way I could say that this game completely sucks is if it forces you to make IPA beers because they suck. But you know that that's just me. Oh yeah. Um, so is it like uh, an I, one of those idle produce as much beer as you can games, and that's pretty much it? Or is there more to it? Well, you you have to make good beer. I do believe you can also submit your beer to competitions, uh, and you have to make sure you make enough beer, and it can't go stale, it can't go flat. It has to be like you know. Um, delivered at its prime kind of thing, and then you just have to try to expand your business to make it as large as possible. They had a cider version. Wouldn't shock me if they, it, it exists <laughs> at all. You have to give it a go. Yeah, you can submit your beer to Brewfest, is what it says, and see if you can win competition. Because obviously, if you win a competition, you can then put on the side of your bottle, you know, this year's blah, blah, blah winner, which, you know, somebody will walk by and say, oh, and then buy it just because of that. Yeah. It's a shame it's only virtual beer, though. Well, but we got to start somewhere. You know, once the Oculus and the Metaverse really takes off, we'll be able to, like, uh, Star Trek. Hey, we could uh, um, go drink driving in the Metaverse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, like, um, yeah. 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 Personally, I still think it's all just a joke. Oh, Oh, now, uh, the latest business uh, people are basically saying everything involving NFT is a scam. (laughs) Oh, what a surprise. Everything. Oh, really? I know. Um, Which I'll say... Um, and what one uh, place did was they basically traced back who was pushing the NFTs, who's buying the NFTs versus who's making the NFTs. Because to make the NFT is extremely energy intensive. And what they believe is at least sometime the person making the NFT is uh, one of the things you can do in the NFT is say, OK, every time this NFT is sold, I get, you know, 2 percent back or 5 percent back. And not Jimmy Kimmel, but the bad singing late night talk show host had somebody on their show and they both were talking about nfts that they had and come to find out they were literally trying to pump it up doing a pump and dump type type scheme which is illegal in the state of in the usa where they were trying to pump up the value of their nft just to sell it because they would get a percentage off the top um so it's like um you know monetary driven things like this i'm always hesitant of whether it's bitcoin or this i'm just hesitant of and again i'm not a gambling man so I don't gamble on nothing ever, including something like an NFT. Right. Uh, I would stay well away from NFTs. Uh, I also stay well away from Bitcoin so, or cryptocurrency. But that seems to be maturing now. So maybe all the scam artists are, uh, are getting into NFTs instead. <laughs> well, when the government wants to regulate it yeah, yeah. or or somebody wants to outlaw it, that's when it's time to start to pay attention. Because it probably has some actual value then, just saying. <laughs> True. Okay, uh, do you have any more apps you want to bring? Uh, I've got one more app. Uh, this one is called 10 Times. Uh, find events, trade show, and conferences. Um, so, you know, there's not much happening with COVID at the moment. Everyone's staying at home. And um, I just got a bit curious one day thinking, oh, I wonder what's going on online. If um, there are any online events that would normally be held, uh, you know, in, in public or in a, in a public place. If people aren't going to those, they, they would have them online instead. And so this, this app, which is done by 10times.com, um, will show you uh, events and trade shows and conferences and uh, online events. It has, also has um, you know physical and real-life events as well uh, that are in the area near you. Um, it seems very keen on, on, set, on giving you a, um, on, on you creating an account with them. Um, and I think a lot of marketers, um, but apart from that, it seems to be quite a good, um, quite a good uh, 
app to to get a, a view of um, if there's anything interesting happening in, in the area near you that that doesn't require you to leave the house. So uh, if it doesn't require me to leave the house, then I'm I'm quite happy. Um, so yeah, it, uh, and you can also uh, check out international events, um, see what kind of interesting conferences going on or or um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and and uh, if if you're and you, I think you also get alerts and and uh, we'll show you some uh, local events as well. So um, check it out. It's um, it's actually quite quite interesting. I haven't actually joined a, a live event yet, but um, it's because I really haven't found anything that interests me so far. But there might be a few tech things, uh, some maybe some open source stuff or whatever. But there's a huge range of different categories of uh, of events that you can select that you're interested in. And um, yeah, so it's definitely worth uh, worth having a look and seeing if there's anything there that you wanna you wanna join online. Yeah, I mean the numbers they present are staggering. Uh, 3 million plus events, 70,000 plus live events, 10,000 plus online events, 50 million users, 248 countries. That's nearly all of them, I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> and 29 plus categories. So just if I take all that, I take the smallest number because it's the easiest to digest. 29 different categories. I'll say that to me is a good spread mm, of mm. topics you can find. Um, and I can tell you who I think this would be like perfect for is a, um, a truck driver. Somebody who works on the railroad, somebody who works for an airline where you have to always travel around. You can drop into a city, load this up and see what's local, what's close. Um, or if your job, hypothetically, you have to go to a conference and event. Well, you're going to go for four days, but the conference is only two days. Well, you can load this up and maybe find something else to do as well. Um, and the connection I'm going to put in with this is, um, Jonathan Nato, um, really good friend of Podnets as well. I'm say really good friend of mine. Um, he is doing a conference event where he's planning on, uh, no, in the, in November to have basically a conference event up in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, I'm going to try everything in my power to make it there. A, cause I haven't seen Jonathan. Um, he hasn't seen me in a long time, but, um, uh, but I haven't seen Jonathan now and I want to say four years and that's way, way too long. So I'm going to try to make sure A, his event is booked into this system. But be that I actually get up there and uh, offer him a beer. Yep. That's not an IPA. Yep. <laughs> uh, another good option, uh, if you're into this sort of thing, is an app called Eventbrite, uh, which uh, does pretty much the same thing. But I think it's really just a directory listing of the events that are in your area that are happening. But the thing I liked about this was it showed you all the online stuff that's happening as well. So live streams, <laughs> online events, and also physical in, in real life uh, stuff. Well, yeah, and Eventbrite, I believe, is like Ticketmaster, where more than likely they're only going to promote their own events. Yeah, yeah. So this seems to have a really wide, wide range of um, topics and and events. Gotcha. I think it's a really good app. Yeah, yeah. I've I've spent a bit of time on it. Okay. Um, I'm going to bring one more. I'm just going to say random app, and I believe now after just looking at the description of this app, this app probably hasn't been updated in a good while. Um. The last line of the first paragraph of the description is you can also set a timer and program the night mode for more info. Search for Chroma keyboard on Google and Google plus. So yeah, this hasn't been updated in a while is what I'm going to say. Um, if you are a fan of like the RGB computer case kind of thing where you want, you know, fancy, bright, shiny colors inside of your computer kind of thing, uh, and you don't have it on your phone, because to have a phone with actual RGB lights is really expensive right now. Uh, this might, uh, in air quote, you know, fit your need to where you can have the RGB light experience, but 
on your keyboard itself. Again, uh, Chroma Keyboard RGB and Emoji Keyboard Themes by Loopsy SRI uh, under personalization. Uh, 177,000 reviews, E for everyone. Unfortunately, does contain ads and does offer in-app purchases. Um, I don't know why this says I have it installed when I didn't think I was even logged in on this browser, but okay. Um, They're watching your door. Uh, three point, yeah, yeah, 3.3 average reviews uh, on the app, updated June 7th, 2020. So, only two years ago. I thought it'd be more than that. Uh, size, 38 megs in size, 5 million plus installs. Current version, uh, Helium 5.1.1, requires 6.0 Android and up. Content rating, E for everyone. I just accidentally clicked that button. Didn't mean to. Um, in-app purchases, $0.99 cents to $39. I'm pretty sure it's just like in-app bling, as we gonna put it. Uh, permissions, it's going to need basically everything because it's a keyboard kind of thing. So contacts, Wi-Fi, storage, device ID, phone, photos, calendar, identity, and recover and receive data from the Internet. Um, Basically, you just take a look at the very first screenshot of the keyboard, and if you look at it, and that's what you need, then you need this app. Me, I think it would be difficult for me to read that, but I'm sure there are people out there who absolutely are infatuated with their keyboard being all bright and colorful. Especially the RGB thing. My son is right into his RGB. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I get having a computer case and having it look good, too, because honestly, 12 years ago, okay, when I had a little table over there and a TV sitting in this corner and I did podcasting with Steve Turbino and he kept complaining that he could see the TV in the background. Back when quite literally Lennox for the rest of us was episode one, my computer on the very front had two pieces of plastic with um, uh, air bubbles in them. So it looked like bubbles in them and the RGB lights would go through the different colors nonstop. 12 years ago. Sure. I wanted it today. That's so I'm not worried about that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, RGB's overrated. Well, I mean, if you want to turn to somebody and say, huh, 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 <laughs> cool, huh, then great, have at it. Um, I'm, I'm okay not having that. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention was um, we've had a couple of new uh, listeners join us on the Voxer chat. So we have a special AAA podcast Voxer uh, channel set up, and um, it's great to see Greg Hicks. And um, uh, and who's the other bloke? Can't remember the top of my head. Sorry, I've lost this, lost this chat. But whoever you are, <laughs> we're very glad you're with us on um, on uh, the Voxer chat. Greg's been uh, been quite busy on there too, um, and it's been great to, to be talking to you all uh, while we're not on the show. Yeah, we have uh, Captain Zero, Greg Hicks, and Unknown User. That's a great name. I don't know who un yeah I don't know who Unknown User is. It's probably me. <laughs> well, every now and then in Voxer, because it's buggy. Uh, it will just, it hasn't loaded the information yet, so it just says unknown user. But if you want to get hold of us uh, and you're keen on having, having a chat offline about various uh, technology uh, topics or even non-technology topics, um, send, a, send a few jokes or, um, you know, tell us tell us about your day, get on to Voxer. Send, uh, send Dora a message to let them know you want to join. Yep, super easy. And if you want to just uh, send me an email, aaapons.com or doordoorgeek at pons.com, we can hook you up. Okay, well, I think that might be about all for me. I hear the children have just arrived back from school, so um, no doubt they'll be uh, hungry. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and I'm pretty much apped out. I have a couple apps I'm going to leave on the floor. Yeah, I'm going to leave until next I've got a couple I'm going to leave until next week, too. Okay, uh, do you want to do an app rundown? Sure. Um, now, I may not get these in the right order, but um, here we go. So the first app we had was Coinoscope uh, by Micron, M-I-C-C-R-O-N. 
And then uh, also mentioned with that app was Mactun by Albuka, OU, followed by Life Up, Gamification To-Do and Task List Habit RPG by Ayagi K. Uh, then we had To Don't by Crazy Marvin. I love that name, Crazy Marvin. Uh, following that, we had Our Home, Chores, Rewards, Groceries and Calendar by Our Home. Uh, and then we had Ernesto or Free Job Offers, Find Electrician, Plumber and Smith by Bytron Sri, which seemed to be Spanish, but who knows. Uh, then we had The Office, a game, Somehow We Manage. The Office, Somehow We Manage by Eastside Game Studios. I really have to check that one out. Um, and then we had uh, Ten Times, Find Events, Trade Show and Conferences. Uh, and sorry, is Brewery by Bit by Bit Studios. And finally, Kruma Keyboard, RGB and Emoji Keyboard Themes by Loopsy SRL. How many was that? Um, I want to say it was at least nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eleven. I get eleven. Eight, nine, ten. Yeah. There you go. Very cool. Eleven apps for you to try. Let us know if you if you install any of them and uh, try them out. Let us know what you think of them. Yeah. Or if there's an app that we clearly missed, don't hesitate to shoot us an email. Very easy. AAA at podcast.com. Um, and I'll say if uh you know of an app that exists on another platform and it isn't on Android yet or vice versa kind of thing, just let us know about it. I have no problem doing Google alerts on that kind of thing so i can keep up to date i like to bring apps as when they're as fresh as possible or something like the office somehow we manage somehow i missed for years um the easiest way to get in touch with us is easy uh, aaa at podcast.com or you can send us an email of uh, a voicemail at 7076 podnut uh we haven't had a voicemail in at least a little bit to where i had to go and like reactivate the um phone number just to make sure that we were going to keep getting um stuff so i had to turn that back on so if you want to send us a voicemail 7076 podnut or you could hit record on your android phone or anyplace else send it to us uh if you want to support us it's very easy patreon.com slash android app addicts um oh ivor do you have any uh smart last words no uh, i'm not a smart person so i don't really have any smart last words last words uh, check so out um, josh's so podcast uh, podcasting for value so you're a 24 year old male <laughs> I think I've always been a 24-year-old gotcha. male. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm immature. I'm not going to lie. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Ivor, for coming out. Again, podcasting for value. It's the number four. Go check it out. Send Josh feedback. Um, tell him how good, bad, whatever the podcast makes you feel. Um, I personally think he's doing an excellent job, and he's definitely getting better as time goes on. So that's awesome. Uh, I want to thank the Mac Geek for coming out, Swift for coming out, Eric for coming out. Um, and my brain just completely, like, dumped on itself. Um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned everybody in the chat. I'm not sure if I didn't, if I skipped you, sorry about that. Uh, if you want to have a reminder when we go live, super easy. Subscribe to us on YouTube, subscribe to us on Twitter, subscribe to us on Facebook, or you can join us on discord and we put posts, our updates there as well. And the last way is simply just send me an email and say, Hey, door, send me an email before you go live. And I will try my best to remember to do it. Don't always remember to do it, but I'll try my best to do it. No guarantee. Uh, so I want to thank everyone. Yeah, oh, I guarantee nothing. Um, and, and I can always just blame the email. Oh, the email's slow. Sorry, I sent it to you. Um, so I want to thank everyone for subscribing. Thank everyone for their continued support. Thank everyone for coming out. And we'll hopefully talk to everyone again in about a week. Yeah. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech 
for everyday people. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology related. You can find us on iTunes and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.